0: Matthew chapter 16, Um, we are finishing our short series that we began at the beginning of January, at the beginning of this year, on what is the church. We've talked about several things uh, as far as what the church is, what the church does, what the church should be like, things like the church is the bride of Christ. The church preaches the word of God and administers the means of grace The church is welcoming and loving, and the church is now, as we will see, on mission with Jesus Christ. You know, there's a lot of church growth strategies out there. There, You can study up on these things, you can read books on these things, you can go to conferences about how to grow your church, and there are many practical ways to go about doing that. There there are things that we could do here at Christ Community Church that could probably bring people in, in one way or another. But when we think about church growth, we have to also think about what is appropriate church growth? What is the type of church growth we want to have? Is church growth good? I think it is. But all of that has to be in light of what the Bible says about Jesus growing and building his church. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning, our foundation and our mission for church growth. I was in a conversation a few weeks ago with some pastors and ministers, and they were talking about how to reach young people, how to bring people back into their churches. It's a lot of pastors who whose churches are very light in attendance, whose most of the uh, the age range or, or the elderly group and they were talking about how do, we, how, how do we get people in? How do we attract people? And they were talking about things like musical style, about technology, about social media, about all these things and I'm not saying those things are right or wrong. We use some of those things. We have a variety of music but the conversation really as I was sitting there listening was really all about these practical things to do. And at one point in that conversation, um, they were talking about, what do we do, what do we do, what can we do to see growth and to see young people come in? And I said, you know, this conversation has been the same conversation the church has been having for 2,000 years. And I think we have something in the Word of God that tells us what we're supposed to be doing. And so this is from, this is not our passage this morning, but I just want to read before we get into the meat of our passage this morning. 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5. Paul, writing to Timothy, a young pastor, about a church, says this I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So I want to use that sort of as an introduction into our passage this morning, because what we're going to see in our passage this morning from Matthew chapter 16 is Jesus talking to his disciples and specifically Peter saying, Peter, I'm going to build the church. You just fulfill the ministry and let me do the work. So let's see what Jesus says in this conversation with Peter. Matthew chapter 16, starting at verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Let's pray again. Holy Spirit, would you be with me and be with us? Give us ears to hear the truth of your word this morning. Let it change our hearts and change our actions and who we are as a response to you being our King and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Our main idea this morning, what I want you to get out of this sermon, is that Jesus is building his church on the truth of the gospel, and he won't be stopped. Jesus is building his church on the truth of the gospel, and he will not be stopped. And those are the three things. Those are my three points this morning. And so let's get into that first one. The first point, Jesus is building his church. We see this when he he says to Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So let's just stop with that first phrase before we get into the other stuff. Who's going to build his church? Whose church is it? Jesus will build his church church. You know what this means? It means Kent's not going to build it. It means Shenez isn't going to build it. It means our HVAC is not going to build it. (laughs) It means our tech team and our music team is not going to build it. It means our future deacons and elders are not going to build it. It means those who come into our church and worship with us on a regular basis are not going to build it. It means no demographic or age range is going to build it. Jesus is going to build his church. And it's his church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's Jesus' church. Now, this is really easy to say and a harder thing to believe when you come into a 45-degree sanctuary. It's hard to believe when uh, your, your slide remote is not working the way it's supposed to that when things start to fall apart and, and things go, listen, can I just let you in on my, my heart and mind for a second? You start to go, oh, man, what are people thinking? People aren't going to come back. People aren't going to invite their friends because they're embarrassed about our slides not working. Jesus is going to build his church. I'm not going to build it, and we're not going to build it. Now, are there things that we can do? Sure. Can we tighten things up a little bit? Sure. (laughs) We're trying. (laughs) But Jesus is building his church, and he will keep building his church. Um, In Zechariah 4, there's actually a really neat passage in the Old Testament where it's talking uh, uh, Zerubbabel. He's the governor of Israel at the time. He's the governor of the people. And he's been charged by God and by the prophet Zechariah to build, to rebuild God's temple. Now, this is a physical structure, a physical temple that Zerubbabel has been charged to rebuild. And in that passage in Zechariah 4, he's having a conversation with the Lord, with an angel of the Lord. And the angel says to Zerubbabel, how is this going to be? And Zerubbabel says, you know, Lord. And the Lord answers, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. How was God going to build his temple in the Old Testament? By his spirit. How is he going to build his church in the New Testament era? By his spirit, revealing the truth of Jesus, who Jesus sent out to build his church. Now, in the Old Testament, they needed people to work with bricks and mortar and build that temple physically but they were empowered and enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit to make that happen. That enemies were resisted. God changed the hearts of their enemies who didn't want them to build the temple in order for that to happen. And so, yes, there are practical measures that we can do here to build the church. We can invite friends. We can do all those things. But it's the Spirit of God, ultimately, that will convince people to come, convince people of the truth of the gospel, save sinners Bring them out of death into life and keep them here and build our church, but also build the church on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. And so, you know, as a pastor, these are the types of things I need to preach to myself regularly. That that I'm not going to build the church, that I'm not going to be able to do this. In a way, I'm just kind of a, um, a a bystander watching the Lord work. And in many ways, in my work here at Christ Community Church, sometimes, you know, when I look back at, at three years of ministry, sometimes I think, wow, look what God did. Sometimes I, I literally feel like I was just watching him. Now, I've been working, and, and at times working pretty hard, but God really has done some amazing things here in this town and in this church. And it's a privilege to see that happen. I have a few friends that work with wood that are carpenters that like to build things and make things. I would love to say that I uh, can do that. I can do very rough, um, you know, put together, you know, break break apart a pallet and just nail some pieces together and make something practical. But I'm not so much into the finer details of, you know, gluing the seams and doing all that fine work but I tell you what, when I get to see that happen and see the result of someone's handiwork, I just, I, I enjoy that. And it's really a privilege to see a good carpenter at work. I get joy out of watching it. Uh, I get joy out of having them tell me, hey, can you go grab that level for me? Because that's, you know, some of the best work that I can do in that time period. Um, But I just enjoy watching someone, a master craftsman at work, doing this thing that they love. And for us who are in the church, that's what we're doing. We're watching Jesus, the master carpenter, the humble carpenter from Nazareth, build his church. And when we get to see him do that in a local congregation, we should just sit back sometimes and say, wow, look what he did. What a joy and a privilege to be a part of what Jesus is doing in his church and in the world. And so, as we apply this, I want you to think about, again, as we go back to thinking about what is the church. Well, Jesus, when he uses this phrase, church, in this passage, he uses the the word ekklesia, or that's the word given to us in the Greek, ekklesia. That was a common term in Greek times and in Roman times, that meant a gathering or an assembly of people. Specifically, a public regional gathering of people. Oftentimes, it was meetings and council meetings and assemblies that were held on a regular basis. And one of the ways that could be translated at times is this was an assembly of people that had been called out of their homes to gather together publicly. And so this this was a Common phrase used for those purposes. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am going to build a public gathering and assembly of people, of my people, my church, and I'm going to do it. And so as we come together on Sunday morning, on a regular basis, local gathering of God's people, what we're acknowledging is Jesus is at work here. Jesus is meeting with us. Jesus is working in and through us to accomplish his kingdom purposes. And so that's a good thing to be a part of. Now, one of the things we're going to do in a few minutes after worship, if you're able to stay, which I hope you are, we're going to have a a fellowship lunch and meeting today, something we call our vision meeting. And when I say vision meeting, it's not, you know, God gave me a vision to share with you. It's not that kind of thing. A vision is just, you know, you're hoping and you're looking towards the future of what you hope to see happen here. And so we're going to talk through some practical things. We're going to talk through some things and pray through some things that we would love to see Jesus do here at Christ Community Church. But based on this sermon, I just want to hear you say, we can lay out all these plans, try to do all these things, put all these practical measures in place. If the Spirit of God does not bless that, we're not going to be successful, we're not going to be able to build anything here on our own. And so Jesus is building his gathering of people, his assembly of people, his church. That's the first thing. It's Jesus' church and it's Jesus' work. The second thing is, what is he basing that on? What's the foundation of his church, his building of his church? Now, this is where there's some, there's some disagreement as far as what pe- what... Peter and Jesus are talking about here. So let's go back again. Uh, In verse 13, Jesus says, Who are people, or who do people say, that the Son of Man is? Now the phrase Son of Man actually comes out of the Old Testament, the prophet of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, that was his primary phrase for describing the coming Christ. The Christ and the promised one who was to come. He was the Son of Man. He was one like a Son of Man. So God who became like man, is the way Ezekiel had these visions of the coming Christ. So that's who Jesus is referring to when he says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So he's talking about this Christ. Who do they they say he is? And then Peter answers, they said, the the disciples said, some say John the Baptist, you know, the prophet who came, who was killed. Some say that was him, that was the Son of Man. Others say Elijah. Maybe Elijah is going to come back in the flesh. Or, Jeremiah, the prophet who preached and preached and preached and no one listened. Maybe he'll come back and have another preaching ministry and people will listen this time. Or, maybe he's just one of the other prophets. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Now, notice what Jesus just did. First he said, who do they say the Son of Man is? And then he says, who do you say that I am? You see how he just switched By basically kind of subtly saying, the Son of Man is me. And then what does Peter say? You are the Christ. You are the promised one. The Son of the living God. So this is Peter's confession, right? That Jesus, this man, is the Son of Man, the Christ who was promised to come, promised by Old Testament prophets... Now in the flesh, you are the Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh. The God, Son of God in the flesh. And what does Jesus say? Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Now that phrase, Barjona, means son of John, son of Jonah or son of John. So I want you to see kind of the play on words here, right? There's a lot of word play. First, Jesus says, who do people say the Son of Man is? And then Peter says, you are the son of God. And then Jesus says, Peter, son of Jonah or son of John, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, you, son of a human being, are right about me, the son of God and son of man. You didn't come up with this on your own because you're the son of Jonah. You're the son of John, some guy named John, some fisherman in the village you know, neighboring village. The Father revealed this to you. Look at that. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, what is Jesus saying there? What he's saying is the gospel is a supernatural revelation that comes to us by the Spirit of God and, and the purpose of the Father Making known to us who Jesus is. So, Jesus is the Son of God and Son of Man, the Christ who came into the world, and the Christ who would save his people from their sins. And so, based on this conversation and on this blessing, Jesus says, You are Peter. The the word Peter comes from the Greek name Petros, which, you know, some people say that's like a nickname, Rocky right or or rock so peter petros and on this petra the neutral or feminine verb uh, noun verb uh, noun form of rock so there's a there's another play on words there you are peter and on this rock i will build my church so what is the rock that's the big debate in church history what is the rock or the foundation That Jesus is going to build his church on? Is it on Peter? Because his name means rock? Or is it on Peter's confession. That Jesus is the son of God. The Christ. The savior of the world. It's on the gospel. The foundation of the church. Is on Peter's true confession. Not because it was Peter who said it. Because Peter didn't come up with it on his own. The father revealed it to him. It's on the gospel of Jesus Christ and on the foundation of what Ephesians 2 says, on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, that Jesus will build his church. So what is the foundation of the apostles and the prophets? It's the word of God. It's the Bible and the Bible as it is summarized in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, after he died and rose from the dead, when he was on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, speaking with some of the disciples, it says he opened up the scriptures and revealed to them all that was written about him and how the Christ would suffer and die and rise from the dead and how repentance and forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations. So what Jesus said about the Bible is that the Bible is about the gospel. And the Bible is our foundation, the prophets and the apostles who God inspired to write down the words of scripture. That is our foundation as a church. And this word of God testifies to us about Jesus Christ in the gospel. So what is the foundation of the church that Jesus is going to build His church upon? The gospel according to the Word of God. It's that simple. And so let's go back to church growth strategy, right? What should our church growth strategy be? I believe our church growth strategy should be this. Right here. Preach the Word in season And out of season. And do the work of an evangelist. What is the work of an evangelist? It means sharing the good news about Jesus. Sharing the gospel. So you preach and teach the word of God in the gospel. And you share the word of God in the gospel with others. And through him blessing that work by his spirit. Jesus will build his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So that's the second thing. Um, The third thing that he says is that he's not going to be stopped. (laughs) That's really cool, isn't it? The gates of hell will not prevail against me. So he says again, I tell you, you are Peter. I'm in verse um, 18. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell, or the gates of death, the gates of Hades, the gates of Sheol shall not prevail against it. So what is Jesus saying? It's really pretty simple. You're not going to stop me. Nobody's going to stop me from doing my work of building my church. Now throughout history, throughout church history, people have tried to stop Jesus. They tried to persecute early Christian believers in, the Roman, um, in Roman society. They tried to kill them torture them to get them to stop teaching and preaching what they were teaching and preaching it didn't work the church grew exponentially during that time and if you trace church history all throughout church history since that time in the places where the church was most hated most persecuted most illegal is where the church has grown the most So those places where Jesus is least accepted and most hated and most persecuted is the places in church history where you'll see the most church growth. So for us as Southern American Christians, I'm going to challenge you to believe something. Okay? And this is not going to be very popular amongst a lot of pastors and churches, but... Um, one of the things I've had to come to realize, and um, I think the Lord is still working on me here to know how to think through this appropriately. Um, So you can pray for me and uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong. But Christ Community Church, if our church is not here in five to ten years, no skin off Jesus' back. You know what I mean by that? Now, I love this church and I love this place and I want to see this church grow for the glory of God. But Jesus didn't promise, okay, listen. Jesus didn't promise that he would build Christ Community Church in batesburg leesville Jesus promised that he would build his church as a whole. He didn't even promise that he would build the Church of the United States of America. And if you look throughout our nation, church attendance, church growth, church conversion throughout our nation seems to be on the decline. But if you look globally at what Jesus is doing in the world, the church is growing. And the church has never stopped growing. It has always been growing, and it has never stopped. You know what that means? Jesus is keeping His promise. Now, What does that mean for us in a local congregation setting? I as a pastor would love to be a part of what Jesus is doing in the world. I want to see tangibly the church grow. I want to see unbelievers come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. I want to see dead sinners come to life through believing the gospel. I want to see people who have not been in church for years step into a church building and start worshiping Christ because of what they believe and understand about Him now. I want to see people who have never been in a church walk into a church and have their lives totally transformed by the power of the gospel. I want to see that happen. But if it doesn't happen in this place, Jesus is still building His church. We want to see that happen, which is why we pray for it. We need to pray for it. But if Jesus doesn't choose to build Christ's community church, it's not going to grow. He has to do the work. Now... um. The other thing uh, that this passage says, uh, Jesus is talking to Peter and he says, Peter, blessed are you for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. What does that mean? It means for you in your seat this morning, if you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus calls you blessed. Another way to translate that would be graced. That's a little harder to say and a little weirder to say it that way, but graced are you. God has shown you grace and favor by revealing the truth of His Word to you. And you didn't figure it out on your own. But God, by the power of His Spirit, broke down the gates of hell that were were guarding your own heart to make it possible for Jesus to enter in. You didn't do it. You didn't figure it out. You didn't come to saving faith on your own. Jesus made it possible. And He's the one that's going to make it possible in the lives of other people. So are you sitting here this morning thinking about people that maybe you know in your family who don't walk with Christ? Maybe neighbors who don't walk with Christ? Friends who don't walk with Christ? That you would love for them to come to know Jesus that you would love for them to come into a church and hear the gospel of Jesus proclaimed week in and week out, to hear the word of God taught and preached, to hear the, the songs of worship, and to see these people that maybe they're coming to your mind right now who you could never see step into a church, who you would never think would be able to enjoy corporate worship with God's people. Wouldn't it be neat to see their lives changed and to see them come into a gathering and become a part of that? Who's going to do that? Jesus. Jesus changes hearts. How does he do it? He does it through the proclamation of the gospel and through the sharing of faith with others. So he does that through you and me. As we invite people, As we tell people about what's going on, as we offer people joy in the gospel, and then we just pray and let Jesus do his work. Maybe he does it quickly, maybe he does it over a span of 15 years, maybe he doesn't do it at all in that individual's life. But Jesus is building his church, and it's not going to grow unless he does it. Do you agree? Um, so, what do we do here at Christ Community Church? We preach the gospel. I'm going to keep preaching. I, I would love to see people invite their friends in to hear the gospel, to hear the preaching of the Word of God. I would love to see people come back who haven't been in a long time to hear that. But until God um, makes it very clear that we're not going to be able to do this anymore, I'm going to keep preaching. And so I ask you to show up and bring others with you if you can. And let's see what God does. Let's pray and see what God does. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that Jesus is the one building his church. That we can do all kinds of practical things. We can try to make things work. We can try to convince people of the truth. But ultimately, Lord... You are the king, you are the sovereign savior, and you are the one who will change people's hearts to believe in what you have done. Lord, please grow your church and build your church. Build Christ Community Church for your glory. But Lord, help us to not get discouraged and help us to be faithful in season and out of season regardless of what it looks like, what it feels like, what's happening in our hearts and in the hearts of other people. Help us to keep plugging on for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.